Hello, hello, and welcome to Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center in Tennessee. I'm Taylor, joined by Mark, as always, and it was a short week for us at the Beacon office. We had Monday off, which means that my brain has been scrambled just like absolutely spaghetti brain all week, but we're here and we've got a great show for you guys today. Mark, uh, just to provide a visual for our listeners, Mark has his green Utah Jazz shirt on today, and what sports team is represented on your t-shirt? I don't have a sports in my t-shirt. I'm, I'm really excited. And th- I know it's just a normal plain t-shirt. I'm very excited about the Jazz. They've just traded their two best players and are doing a complete rebuild based around in it was part, time. Alabama grad Colin Sexton. So I guess maybe not grad, but Alabama person, Colin Sexton. You know, I've never really been a basketball girly. I'm a football and baseball girly, but I did follow Colin Sexton because I just loved the way he played. I loved watching him. He was so entertaining to watch. And I spent, when he was in college, I spent a lot of time in Anniston with my family and my mother and I loved watching him play. And so I'm excited. I guess I'm a jazz fan now. Gosh, never thought that day would come. By the end of like the next week, none of my jerseys, I have six different guys. None of them will be on the jazz. So like, I think Sexton's going to be my first jersey because I know he's going to be on the team for at least four years since they signed him to a contract extension too. So like he's the jersey I have to get first. Yeah. Maybe you should get me one. My birthday's Sunday. Make a note. Mental note. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how much it costs. Yeah, yeah. If it's on on like 80% off, maybe. Am I, are you telling me how much I'm worth to you, Mark? I'm really disappointed right now. 80 percent. Hey, jerseys are expensive. 80 percent off is still like 50 bucks. That's true. It's my birthday week. You have to be nice to me. I wasn't mean. I, just said that. I don't have the money to pay for a full jersey for you. Yeah, okay. I guess I'll accept that. Let's talk about a spicy issue that came out of Nashville this week to kick the show off. So Nashville Metro Council, listen, I'm just going to say it. And if somebody has a problem with it, we can talk in the comments. Nashville Metro Council always be getting themselves into things that they have no business getting into and passing laws that are simply political pandering. And this week was no different. They passed a law, and Mark, you might have to help me out with the details here, but they passed a law that said that footage from city traffic cameras cannot be used to punish people who are going across state lines to receive abortions, which, first of all, head scratching here, Nashville is not a bordering city. Like we are not on any type of state lines. So why would it matter if someone is leaving Nashville to cross state lines? Like that seems like it would be a non-issue to begin with. The bigger issue here is that Metro Council could be doing a lot of things to help the city. And yet they choose to do this. That's my bigger issue. That's my big takeaway. Mark, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I think that they're wasting their time. The Metro Council should be just absolutely embarrassed by their actions. This is clearly just to get press. And it's like it's on the list of like, oh, let's do something that does absolutely nothing, isn't necessary, isn't needed. So we can make a headline and say that we're pro-abortion. Like it doesn't matter where these people stand on the abortion debate. That's not relevant. They are basically trying to preempt a law that doesn't exist, probably can't legally exist. That says that going across state lines, that's basically what the Fourth Amendment, you know, guarantees. And. It's right. It is just a political game to say, hey, look how pro-abortion we are, or you know, how open we are, is that we're gonna make sure that license plate readers can't eat, can't get you going. I don't even understand it. And it's funny because Bob Mendez, who's like a liberal, you know, he's a city council member, posted this thing and all of his supporters are all very liberal. Like, this doesn't make sense and it's just basically useless. It's like, yeah, let's talk about coming up with a solution for a problem that doesn't exist. That's what that's what Metro Council does. And this is just 
It's just so annoying. This is why Metro Council is a joke. Right here is why they're a joke. It doesn't matter. Again, I don't care what you think about abortion. I don't care if you think it should be legal, illegal, none of that stuff. It's just wasting tax dollars for something that uh, and wasting you know the time of council people on this issue that isn't an issue. It's not going to be an issue because it's it's like it's so dumb. It is a waste of tax dollars because we're paying them to convene and yeah. to deal with things that are actually hurting people in Nashville, and they come up with this is the best they can do. That is not. It's not good enough. If that's the best you can do, then your best is not good enough. I'm sorry. That's really mean, but that's how I feel about that. And it's like, it, it just doesn't, there's going to be issues that they work on that I completely disagree with. Most of the issues they work on, I completely disagree with, but at least it's passing something to do something like, like they're doing something that's going to, this has no impact. And this is just a political pandering virtue signaling. Hey, we're for abortion. Just remember that next time we run for office. It's just a joke. And seriously, no matter where you are on any issue, Something like this that has no real impact on anything, it makes me take you less seriously, which is hard because the Metro Council is already so low on how how seriously I take them. They are trying to make themselves an absolute joke. And again, I want to reiterate, it doesn't matter the content of this. The fact that you're doing something that will never be needed just to show how pro-abortion you are, it's it, it's it's just kind of disgusting. And this is why people are fed with politics, things like this. And again, both sides do it. I mean, I don't know how many times, you know, Republicans would try to, you know, repeal Obamacare when they didn't have, like, they didn't have any votes to do it. They just did it as a thing saying, hey, just remember, we're really against Obamacare the 15th time they tried to repeal it when they knew that the Democrats had the, had the vote. If you have the votes, fine. And it does something, but it's just a political game. And I'm just done with it. And I think that, you know, the Metro Council just has proven themselves time after time to be non serious people. Mark, I was going to add to that, but I have I have nothing to say. You just really summed up. It's like you dumped out my brain and just read it, but it was your brain. That's really impressive for us because that never happens. When I know you're that dumb. It brings us together. <laughs> it brings us together. I know. I know. So that's how we feel about Metro Council right now. And if you feel the same way, tell us in the comments. We are really just disappointed in that. And then if we take this, let's take our feelings toward cities who could be doing better all the way over to West Tennessee and talk about how sad and how tragic Memphis is right now and the things that are going on in Memphis. And we could say Memphis needs to do better with dealing with crime, which they do, but let's kind of take it up a level and just talk about how horrible and tragic these violent events that are happening are to put this in perspective. If you haven't been following what's been going on in Memphis over the last week, Eliza Fletcher was on a run at 4.30 in the morning, got picked up by this guy who had just gotten out of prison and he murdered her. People were speculating, where is she? Where is she? Her body turned up. It was identified, I believe, yesterday. And then after it was identified as her, later in the day, a 19-year-old man went on a shooting rampage and streamed it live on Facebook. I accidentally saw a little bit of it and couldn't really sleep well last night. Went on a shooting rampage, killed four people, injured three others, I believe. It makes you wonder... What is going on in Memphis? You know, I love the city of Memphis. I love visiting Memphis. Their shopping is great. Their food is great. I love it there. This is scary. I mean, when you're telling citizens to lock their doors, don't go on runs, which don't get me started about all the people who were saying that Eliza Fletcher shouldn't have been running at 430 in the morning. Like, come on. We're not victim blaming here. But when you're saying lock your doors, don't leave the house because the city is so dangerous. We have a massive problem. Huge problem. Yeah, whether real or, you know, exaggerated, I mean, this has been a problem that's plagued Memphis for a long time, uh, just in terms of perception. And of course, you see the crime, it's a real problem, but it's also a perception problem. Um, and when you get these examples that, you know, make national news, it, it's hard because it's, you know, first of all, it's so sad for the families of everyone who lost people so senselessly for no reason. No um, reason. 
But it's as as a city that's trying to, you know, grow. There's a lot of great things going on in Memphis. And like these types of things can't be happening as often as they are if if Memphis wants to keep growing. It's uh it's just a real problem. Of course, you got to think of of the the families first, but secondary, it's like you got to feel for the people who live there. Like people are wanting to move out, and there's a reason that there's been so much growth in some of the surrounding areas because people just don't feel safe living in the city of Memphis. And you know, right. I love Memphis. I think Memphis is a great city. Every time I visit, I stay downtown. You know, I'm in that area. But I like, do too. there is there is times where I'm like, man, even I mean, you see shootings on on Beale Street. I mean, it's it's a it's just a problem that needs to be addressed. And the worst part is I don't know the solution. I mean, of course, you know, you have a police presence, you have things like that, but it's a cultural problem. It seems like in Memphis where like the city has just, and part of it's a poverty problem, I think. Cause I mean, when you talk about Memphis is one of the poorest cities in the country in, in some of these parts. And it's like, what can we do to help? Because right now it's just, it's a tough time. And there's so many people, Memphis is one of those cool cities too, where it's like it's people so really cool. love the city. They believe in Memphis. It's like, you're born there. You're a Memphian. Like this is and yeah. you're proud of it. It's like Philadelphia, these other cities. Um, and there's so many good things, but just the crime has continued to be an issue. And, you know, I wish I knew what the answer was, but I can tell you that these national, you know, headlines that are negative are not going to help the city or the reputation of the city. No, I agree. And when I I woke up this morning and immediately told my roommate what was going on in Memphis, and I told her about Ezekiel, whatever his name is, the guy that was doing the Facebook live shooting last night. He's nineteen, and she her first response was, "How does become someone become so mentally ill so young?" That hit me like a ton of bricks. Is because I, whether it's a cultural issue, whether it's a mental illness issue, whatever it is, someone's got to get to the bottom of it and solve it and figure out what's happening so that we can stop these senseless crimes. There was no reason that all of these people needed to die this weekend. And there's no reason that a 19-year-old's life is ruined because he decided to go on a shooting rampage. Like there's there's none of there's no there's no sense to any of this. And so our thoughts and prayers are definitely with those families and with Memphis as a whole. This can be hard to recover from. If I lived in Memphis, I wouldn't want to leave my house for a good few days because it just seems like the hits just keep on coming. And uh, I really do I really do feel for West Tennessee. And I would again, anytime something like this happens, it's important to I think it's important to not make political statements, whether it's, you know, oh, we need to ban all guns, whether it's oh, these people don't have, you know, it's because the liberals don't have enough police in the street. Like at this point, you know, a lot of people died and, you know, people are dying every weekend there. It's important to, you know, especially these stories, just honor the families. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be talking about how to solve this problem in the future. But at this point, you you don't want to I, I hate when people go on the oh, it's because there's guns in the street. That's the reason why it's because of the, the gun laws or oh, it's because, you know, it's all the liberals who defund the police, even in places where they didn't defund the police, like Memphis would be an example of that. So just try to keep the political, you know, commentary and, and, and honor the families. Um, and hopefully we can, you know, figure something out in the future to try to help with that. I do think, even though it's not the, of course, obvious end all be all solution, but like more economic opportunities that, you know, the more poverty there is in cities, generally the more crime there is. So it's something yes. that I, Memphis has kind of always been behind Nashville. And it's like, as you're seeing Nashville boom, we haven't seen that same thing from Memphis. I mean, you've seen a little bit of growth, but Memphis has the, like all the structure and all the ability to be just, you know, the same type of place that Nashville is. It's almost the same amount of people and it's right. a great city in, you know, a, a great state that has low tax, all the things you want to move on. It's just that, that, view of it being dangerous, I think really, really inhibits it. And it's a holistic issue and there's no one solution that's going to fix it all. It's a holistic issue. And we have to look at it from the issue of people and how 
<laughs> there are just people who don't value human life. We have to look at that. We have to look at law enforcement, all of these different things, but there's no one, there's no one silver bullet to fix it. And I hope that everyone resists the temptation to make this a political thing. I agree completely with you, Mark. Wow. We're two for two on agreeing on things today. You know, it's about to divide us. It's college football. <laughs> all right, Mark, let's talk about college football week one. I have to say I slept like a baby Saturday night because the Crimson Tide, baby, we rolled. Did you hear of the Utah State <laughs> coach said too? He said it's the best team he's ever seen in college football. He's been coaching for 20 years. And like, like I said, that Utah State team is not a bad football team. They had 10 wins last year. So he said they they are the unquestioned best team he's ever seen in college football. If you start seeing me just floating out of the picture, it's because I'm just on cloud nine at that comment. I will say I placed one bet this weekend. It was probably a hopefully really dumb bet. Hopefully you didn't listen to me. No, my mom called me on Sunday and said, wow, Mark probably lost a lot of money this weekend. I did not do good. I went one for six. Oh my gosh. <laughs> one, well, one, one in five. Notre Dame's the only one who covered for me. I placed one bet and it was that Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State would all cover the spread. And it was one of those like DraftKings bets where you get like all these crazy boosters. I put $20 in, could have won 200 Okay, Ohio State did not cover the spread. So and Notre so, Dame, the, one that I, the only one I won is the one that cost you. Yes, classic, <laughs> classic. That's what, that's what would happen. So Mark, we have no reason to trust you at this point, if we're being honest. We have Correct. no reason to trust you. But Correct. tell us what we should be doing this weekend if we do decide to trust you. On the weekend, that mind you, college game day will be at Alabama-Texas game. And Saturday morning, as embarrassing as this is, I woke up, turned on college game day, and me, 30 years old, sitting on my couch alone, started crying because I was so happy that football season had started back up. It was a very emotional moment. It was exciting. And, and I mean, there's other things that happened too. I mean, the, the Tennessee, you know, one big Vanderbilt is now 2-0 at the top of the SEC East. Now, they, they haven't beaten anybody uh, like other than Hawaii, who's terrible. So sure. they haven't beaten anybody yet, but like still a good start for them. Middle Tennessee State, not very good, it turns out. I'm really excited about the game this week. Uh, my first pick is I'm taking Alabama with the 20 and a half points over Texas. Okay. Uh, I don't think Texas is that good. And I don't Alabama showed me a lot. I think it's going to end up being a bloodbath. But we will see. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> I think Suzanne, I like the Hogs with eight and a half points over South Carolina. I think. Hey, that listen, gonna... woo pig all day long. I'm about and it. a good win for them. I mean, you know, I insult the SEC. They had a really good weekend last. I mean, Arkansas beat a very good Cincinnati team. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the only team that lost was Brian Kelly in his debut at LSU. They 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 went down to a <laughs> very very bad Florida State team. I don't understand how that happened. That was the most embarrassing. I had to stop watching. I was so embarrassed for LSU. And I hate LSU, but I was so embarrassed for them. My little heart couldn't take it. Yep, I know. It was bad. So my pick of the week, if there's one pick, I'm really excited about this. I take Kentucky straight up over Florida. They're a six-point underdog. I like Kentucky to win that one outright, and I feel very good about it. So I'm not even taking the points. I think Florida got a – you saw they beat um, a very overrated Utah team last week. So people are so excited about that. It's a one-week thing. Kentucky's the better team. I don't – people – that's kind of with the lines. Like People get so excited about one week. It's like they're still not good. They beat a team that also isn't that good, and Kentucky – you know, Kentucky's just a good football team and they win games mm-hmm. like that. So I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then, and then my last one, well, <laughs> I like Pittsburgh straight up over the Vols too. I like Pittsburgh to, to win that one outright. They're Listen. also plus six. So if I win one of those, you win, you make some money. So I, I do think Pittsburgh beats Tennessee. Justin, okay. I'm sorry. I just, I'm still not buying a lot of these teams. I think that, you know, Alabama showed a lot last week. I think Georgia showed a lot last week. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, none of those teams did anything to impress me. I was actually very unimpressed uh, and uninspired by Texas A&M's performance. I thought they're, they're I mean, they're played not even a Division One team. I can't wait to beat them this year and redeem ourselves. You know, that was a dark, dark day for me last year. <laughs> we 
whatever the them. line is when they play Texas A&M, give me Alabama. With, I don't care how many points. Just give them to me because I think it's going to be a bloodbath. So, but Alabama really showed well in that. I mean, that Ohio State Notre Dame game was a very good football game. Notre Dame was actually up at halftime, yes. despite being, and, and it was a good football game where you know Ohio State just had a little bit too much talent. So we're excited. We're also excited about the Titans starting the seasons off this week. Yes. So it's finally the NFL. Fun. I know, I know the end. This is always kind of the best when you get everything combined. You kind of have the, the end of the baseball season with the NFL and college football, and it's just a wonderful time. Yeah, the Braves are absolutely killing it. The Titans are about to start playing. The Crimson Tide's going to roll again this weekend. I really like my couch is going to form to like the human mold of me on it because I cannot stop watching these games. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't, I can't stop. My mom actually had COVID last week and we had gotten her a new television for her birthday on July 28th. And she said, you know, I can't think of a better time to have COVID. We got the U S open. We got Braves baseball. We got college football. I can't think of a better time to be confined to my couch with my brand new TV. And so I thought that that was a pretty great outlook on things. Also, I have started watching tennis consistently. I've been watching a lot of this U.S. Open. Um, and also, my Me girl, too. Carolyn Gar- Carolyn Garcia, is my my main girl. And I win a grand okay. if, she wins, if she wins this. And she's in the final four of the U.S. Open now. No way. And she That's is awesome. I, I, I watch her. She is so good. And like I, I really like it's when you get to watch people who are it doesn't matter what sport that are just elite at it. It's just awesome yes. to watch here, especially when I play tennis. It's like the shot she hits. I couldn't hit one of those, but she's in one corner, like all the way back and somehow hits it perfectly on the line at the opposite back corner. Like these people are so good. So okay, we are cheering so- for Carolyn Garcia. We are all in for her. Go Carolyn Garcia for the home team. Uh, yes. before well, we she's sign- for France, but close enough. Well, she's for our, she's our, our <laughs> yeah, yeah, home yeah. team. Our she's home our team. home team right now. We've <laughs> adopted her. Before we sign off, Mark is letting me talk about the topic that has kept me awake for the last, I mean, four months, but four days specifically. If you follow pop culture news at all, you have heard about the drama surrounding the new Olivia Wilde, Florence Pugh, Harry Styles movie, Don't Worry Darling. That movie, all the drama around it, I will say I have an entire group text that is called Spitgate because apparently, but not really, Harry Styles was said to have spit on Chris Pine at the premiere. Let's back way up though. Let's back way up. And don't worry, I'm an expert on this. I put together a 40-slide PowerPoint to send to my friends about all the drama. Mark, quit shaking your head. We all have things that we have to do during a long weekend, okay? And so I I fully researched this, and I dumped my brain out into a PowerPoint. If you want it, send me a message. I'll send it to you. Anyway, here's what happened. In 2019, Olivia Wilde got the film rights picked up by New Line Cinemas for this movie, this thriller movie, Don't Worry Darling. She originally cast in it Florence Pugh and Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, under suspicious circumstances after his sexual assault allegations coincidentally leaked against his ex-girlfriend, left the movie and Harry Styles was cast in his place. Everything seemed to be fine. Olivia Wilde, you know, left her fiance and father of her children to begin dating Harry Styles while the filming was going on. And then as things wrapped up and as the movie was starting to be promoted, people started noticing that Florence Pugh, the star of the film, was not posting on social media about this movie. Highly suspicious. And as things have come out, I'll spare you all the details, but as things have come out- You've already given us too many details, I think. Okay. (laughs) Let me just say, as things have all started to come out, Olivia said that she fired Shia LaBeouf. She did not. He left the movie. So strike so she, one. So, so, so she said there's a no a-hole policy, which is why she fired him. But then he leaked their actual her voicemails, which said, please, like begged him to stay. And he said, I'm not getting enough 
practice time. That's why I'm leaving because you won't let me actually exactly. practice for the movie. And like, and she said she's she said she fired me. She's no a holes policy. So she was basically caught lying. She was lying. Oh no, it was a video yeah. of her face. It oh, wasn't video. even a voicemail. Indisputed. It's a video of her face saying that begging him to stay on the movie. He said he didn't get enough rehearsal time as of last night. Text messages between Shia and Florence leaked where Shia said, I'm quitting the movie tomorrow. So that was a lie on Olivia's behalf. Florence is not promoting it because apparently she is good friends with Olivia's ex-fiance and baby daddy. And she did not like that Olivia was having an affair with one of her actors while she was still with Jason Sudeikis. Oh, is that a th- I, wait, they had an affair before they were broken up? I didn't know that. That's the scuttlebutt from the set. And I have been okay, reading so all maybe. the blind yeah, items yeah. and gossip okay. columns. And so that's what people are saying is that things started up with Harry and she broke up with Jason for Harry. So that's a little part of it too. But what there are a few takeaways from all of this. One, I need a life. Okay. First and foremost takeaway is that Taylor yes. needs to get a life. <laughs> Second takeaway is that everything in Hollywood is a freaking mess. Okay? It's just a mess. Every single thing about it is. Anytime I get down on my life, I start to think about the people in Hollywood and my life isn't so bad compared to all of theirs. They can have all the money in the world. Their lives are a mess. The third thing is that... I am starting to doubt everything that I believe because the whole premise of the movie is everything is not as it seems. And I'm starting to think that this is all a PR stunt to hammer in the premise of the movie, which is everything is not as it seems. Mark, what are your thoughts on all of those things? First of all, that was so much. Um, I don't care about most of it. I can't, I, 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 I have seen a lot about it, though, and I'm a little bit interested. Sure. My question is, I, it's all a bunch of drama. Basically, Olivia Wilde has turned into somebody who I don't like. Uh, she's Same. turned into somebody, uh, and I mean, I never cared for. And you didn't even talk about this, that part of the villain in this thing was is apparently after Jordan Peterson. Oh, she based, yeah. Wow. She totally based on Jordan Peterson. Out. And then, you know, people as these things coming out, be like, wow, I, you know, I don't think Jordan Peterson's ever got a bigger endorsement than being hated by Olivia Wilde. I know. What a, <laughs> what a bad person she is. No, it's just awful. And I don't think it's good. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's going to help. You know, some press makes people want to no. see it. I feel like if anything's going to hurt the movie, it's something that I may have seen maybe without this. I have no interest in seeing this now. Like, I don't like her. And it's, and it just seems like an entire, like, it's like a bunch of teenagers, you know, fighting at their sick, like their, whatever, their high school like high table. School. Yeah, and it, it's just, it's not good. I'm not going to watch it. I hope it's horrible. Olivia Wilde, I'm not a fan of. And I don't like Harry, despite him being a fashion icon to you. Um, I don't think Harry Styles is cool. So I, there's just nothing about this movie I like, except for the one guy. The, the Chris fa- Pine? Who's, yeah, Chris Pine. I like Chris Pine. Not enough for me yeah. to watch the movie, though. Okay, I, I well, don't know who I, Florence Pugh is. I guess she's okay. famous, but I don't know who she well, is. I will see the movie so many times. I love Florence. Team Miss Flo, uh, as Olivia condescendingly referred to her. But I will be seeing this movie a bunch of times. I probably will talk about this again. I have my PowerPoint all compiled with all the facts and information. So we'll leave it at that on the note of Taylor Needs a Life. Thanks for listening this week. This is Decaf presented by the Beacon Center of Tennessee. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll see you guys next week.